Thank you for listening to our sermon podcast. If you would like more information about First Baptist Church of Silva, please visit firstbaptistsilva.com. You will do well to be attentive to this as to a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Today is Transfiguration Sunday. We remember it as the day when Jesus was changed. God sure has a knack for taking something ordinary and making it extraordinary. In his son Jesus, God takes humanity and makes it extraordinary. God transforms everyday things, everyday people. God takes a teenage girl, a virgin, and does something extraordinary with her willingness to serve. God takes simple things like a manger, a well in a desert on a hot day, God takes a fisherman's net, a parable, that is a story, transforming them all. Loaves and fishes, someone's favorite story. Innocent, innocuous things. He takes a basin and a towel, transforming that into the most beautiful and elegant expression of service. God transforms bread and a cup, a cross, a tomb. God has a knack for taking everyday things, everyday people, and turning them into the best expressions and translations of God's intention for us, which is love. And then there's Peter, Simon Peter, rough around the edges, a fisherman, a backwoods, salt-of-the-earth kind of guy. And the Gospels and the New Testament become witness to what God could do with him. And if God can do so much with so little, we are intoxicated with the fact that God could do something like that through and in us. And that's not all. A mountain vista, the top of a mountain, a mountain bald perhaps, transformed into something sacred. You all know the term that I like is a thin place. It's not unique to the ancient Celtics from Ireland and Western Europe. It's True and present in other cultures as well, even in our own backyard in a Native American context. That is this idea that a space becomes thin. That is, the membrane between this world and the next is 
very, very thin. You can see through it. You can feel it. You can sense it. You can touch it. It's why we go up on the Blue Ridge Parkway. It's not that it's just a pretty vista. It's why my family yesterday went up in the Smokies on a trail on a ridge line. It's more than just the forest. It's more than just the earth and the rocks, the rivers and the creeks. We know it to be true. That space that your family owns up in that meadow, the creek, the spring, the wall, that boundary. These are ethereal places that God has given special meaning. Because God is in the transformation business. So when Jesus takes Peter, James, and John up on that mountaintop, it becomes pregnant with possibility that this is going to be a place of transformation because God is the creator of thin places. Transfiguration, what happens there on that mountain is about transformation. It's about change. It's about revelation. It is a turning point in the story of the gospel. And it deserves its own Sunday. Which is why in churches all around the world and throughout time, we've set aside this day to remember that God shows up. And that God takes us as we are and then takes us somewhere else. When God reveals Christ's glory on that mountaintop, Jesus wasn't the only thing that was supposed to be changed. Oh, and he was. It's hard for me to believe, and it's hard to put myself in the, in the same place as Peter, James, and John. They'd, they'd been with Jesus. They'd seen him. They knew him as the Nazarene. They'd heard him and the power in his voice power in his stories, his healing touch. They had seen this, but they had not seen what was about to happen. Now, this wasn't just Jesus taking Peter, James, and John up on a, a little field trip. This was a moment where he knew his father needed to have an intervention with his followers. This moment is not for Jesus nearly as much as it is for us. It's for the Peter, James, and John in our midst. God gets Jesus' disciples' attention because he wanted to change them. Jesus is illuminated. His glory is revealed. This is a taste of what is to come. This is Christ the King. Not only is he changed, he is surrounded by people of the faith of Elijah, the great prophet, of Moses, the deliverer of the Ten Commandments of the law, establishing the covenant. There, they are in communion together. And because Peter, James, and John are witness to them and to this transformation, they themselves are invited into transfiguration themselves to go from who they were to who they are about to become but it's going to require something of them not only must they bear witness to this they must listen 
and be faithful to God's message. That's what it looks like to become disciples. Jesus took them up on the mountain so that they could be transformed from simply being admirers of Jesus to being disciples of Jesus. I mean, come on. It's not hard to admire Jesus of Nazareth. People who are not followers of Jesus admire him. They recognize the prophetic power of his words, of its the message that is tr so transmissible across ages and different cultures. I mean, anyone can admire Jesus, but to follow him, to become a disciple, it requires something of us, something much deeper than simply saying, yes, Jesus is who he says he is. This moment is more than just a profession of faith. It means listening to God's voice on the other side of our baptism. Being a disciple means listening to the one we say we're following. I don't blame Peter in this story. What was it? He says, he, he sees this. He's in awe and he can't help but to fill the moment with his own words. My dad would have said he liked to hear himself talk. I know this because that's what my father thought about me. I mean, I come by preaching honestly, y'all. Poor Peter. He, he couldn't help but to fill the space and to fill the moment. He knew that that mountaintop had been transformed into a thin place. And he couldn't help but to say something. But what he said actually reveals a whole lot more than we give him credit for. Peter, in that moment, wanted permanence. He wanted to stay there. He wanted to make the thin place his home. What was it he said? Jesus, it's good for us to be here. Master of the obvious. It's good to be here. You know what? I'll build three tents. One for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. I mean, he's a boy scout. He sees the opportunity. He wants to set up camp. He wants there to be no reason for them to leave. Keep it going, God. We want to see more. We want to eavesdrop on the conversation between Jesus and the saints. And as though on cue, what does God do? He puts them in a cloud, restricts their vision. This is more than just setting up camp. This is more than, than seeing a thin place and wanting to hold on to it. No. God has something to say to Peter. Other versions of this story go so far as to say the obvious, which is Peter didn't know what he was saying but he did, I think. He was doing his best to hold on to something that was powerful, to wall it off, to have it there for them. Y'all, when God creates a thin place, that space where we can see and touch and feel and taste God, that's not for our own edification. 
It's a touchstone. It's a way and a place, a device for God to transform us. God doesn't desire thin places nearly as much as he desires for us to be thin. For us to be effective translators of God's good words, of his clear instructions. And that when people see us, they see and experience us as thin to God's presence, God's touch. God's prophetic wisdom. We found ourselves up on mountaintops like that. And what we say and what we do in those moments reveal that we still have a lot to learn. It's so tempting to want to stay in those places, those moments, but that is not our home. And so frequently, what accompanies God's revelation is clouded vision so that we don't get too far ahead of ourselves, but instead have to fully rely on God's voice and to listen and to be obedient to a Christ who wants far more from us than simply saying yes and then tuning him out the rest of our lives. To be a disciple of Jesus means that we listen to him and that we recognize that to listen to Christ Jesus, we don't have to go somewhere nearly as much as we have to become thin to God's word and presence in our lives. And that's where Peter's scripture here picks up. Our goal, therefore, is to be living reminders that we are eyewitnesses of his majesty. Remembrance figures prominently, not only in the story, but in our faith. That's what Peter is calling his hearers to do. That is, to remember Christ Jesus And to make certain that their lives call other people to remember that we are eyewitnesses to God's glory and to his majesty. So it's no accident that on the table that is central in our worship space, there are words etched in in it. And also on the tablecloth itself, this do in remembrance of me, do this in remembrance of me. Do what exactly? Do this. Well, of course, in the context of Jesus' words, it meant this meal of remembrance, which, of course, was the Passover meal. It was the time where God's people remembered what God had done in their midst, transforming a moment of challenge into a thin place of liberation and of covenant. That's what Christ was calling them to remember. But he co-opted that, of course. That Passover remembrance meal became an opportunity, a touchstone, a thin moment where they were called to remember Jesus, to remember his words, and to listen both then and in the days to come.
do this in remembrance of me. Perhaps there's an opportunity for us this morning that our remembrance isn't limited to this meal, but instead we choose to live in remembrance of him. For when we do, we'll become thin to God's voice. Let us pray. God, change us just as you transfigured Christ so that we become something much more than we are. You are the author and creator of the universe and of our innermost being. And we celebrate and cling to the truth that you have created us to be more than we are. So help us to hear you, to listen to you, and to become a more faithful follower of you in all that we do. Let others, God, see you in us. Truly, God, allow us to become thin places, inaugurating thin moments where others hear you speaking through our love. For it's in the name of the transfigured Christ that we pray these things. Amen.